latest from Scotston. This is Warriors Weekly, Glasgow Warriors' official podcast. Hello and welcome back to Warriors Weekly. This week, I'm joined by Pete Horn, who we've just announced the re-signing of until 2022. Pete, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thanks, Duncan. You? Good. Good, good, good. Congratulations on the re-signing. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm delighted to uh, to be staying for another couple of years. So, uh, yeah, everyone will be seeing a bit more of me. Good, good. I think we're really happy to keep you keep you on, obviously, this weekend, playing against Zebre. Played at 10. Pretty good. Nice little kick pass across the DTH. Yeah, that was all right. No, D was screaming for it. He was thanking me after. He said that's, uh, he could do with a few more of them before the season runs out. So, uh, no, it was nice. It was good. It wasn't our kind of perfect performance. You know, we had a shaky sort of 20 minutes before halftime. But, um, you know, I always felt that we had the the sort of ammunition to, to yeah get a good win and, and we did our kind of clash on through at the end. Yeah, no, really, really good. So on this podcast, I'm looking to kind of talk to you about how you've come to where you are today. So the announcement of your re-signing at the end of, 2020, of the 2022 season, you've been with Glasgow Warriors for 13 years. Yeah, scary. <laughs> a long time. So is Glasgow Warriors the only professional club you've ever played for? Yeah, yeah, it is. No, I came, I started my rugby at Howe Fife, obviously, and... Um, played there until I was about 17, 18. Um, I played a season for the seniors and things when I left school. Um, my old man was the coach, so uh, him and one of my, my best friend's dads uh, were, were the coaches back then. They obviously got a lot to thank them for, but it was there I kind of got picked up and got a chance to play with the Scotland under 20s. Um, and it was Peter Wright at the time that asked me to come down and do a play a backup game for Glasgow and uh, thankfully you know Sean was down watching that game um, I had an alright run at full back at the time and uh, from that kind of weekend I was just at uni at the time I then sort of, you know started coming in to train with Glasgow quite a lot mm-hmm. it was funny that backup game I remember right he phoned me through the day and he was like ah, I need you to come along and fill in and just help out uh, numbers wise and I was like yeah yeah sure I've not got anything on so I went along and I thought I was, for some reason, I thought I was playing for Edinburgh and I, on the bench for the Edinburgh team. So I went into the Edinburgh changing room and I remember their manager being like, what's your name, sorry? I was like, Pete Horn. He's like, nah, mate, you're you're in the wrong room. And I was like, oh, I'm sure I'm playing. And it was really embarrassing. Obviously, yeah. turned away and walked out and I was just about to, I couldn't get a hold of righty and I was just about to kind of be like, oh, well, I'll just sit and watch the, the game. And then I remember sitting in the bar, I was having a can of Coke and then Sean Lanine was like, where's where's Horn? Who's this Horn guy? Where's he? He's meant to be a... He's playing at 15 tonight. Where is he? And I was kind of like, looking up. I was like, oh, that's me. And I went over <laughs> and sat, and I remember it was like Lomi Fatow, Max Evans, Colin Gregor, there was Scotty Barrow, like Hefner here. There was loads of guys that I'd been watching on telly. Yeah. I remember Lomi especially because I was a massive fan of the rugby games when I was younger, and he uh, he had like the tattoos on his legs, and he was right. always the quickest in the game. And I was like rubbing shoulders with them. Kind of, I'd just been at uni in the morning, and you know, down there that afternoon. Oh, it was awesome. It was a good experience. Had a lot of fun. I remember like showing everyone at uni the next day, like I played with this guy yesterday, and it was cool. So that kind of was the start, and so that was an eight was an A league kind of game. Yeah, was it? it was yeah. a sort of A league game. Yeah, kind of back then we used to do we used to have a lot more A games. We played a lot against Leinster and Ulster, and um, we played Edinburgh quite a few times there in the year just to get some extra fixtures yeah. and, and things. Um, and yeah, no, it was good. It kind of just I then got picked up into the academy at the end of that year. Um, played a season for West of Scotland in Prem One. Um, How old were you been when you got into the academy? I was, I think I was, was I still seventeen at the time? Or no, I think I was eighteen, right. in that first season. And uh, I played about, I think I maybe played four or five games that year for um, the seniors. Yeah, for the for the first team, we had a few injuries, and then I remember during. The Six Nations, I got called in and played a couple of games. And then at the end of the season, I got the last kind of couple of games as well. So 
Um, yeah, was, was it still cool. while balancing uni? Uh, no, sorry, that was my first year in the academy. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, you'd left university by that yeah, point. Yeah. So how many years of uni did you manage? I only done one year. One year. Yeah. And uh, is it still I, on hold? No. Well, I ended up just changing over and doing an open degree right. or an open university degree. I done um, changed over because Edinburgh Uni were a bit funny about me balancing studies and rugby. Right. They kind of said I had to make my mind up and. I obviously wanted to give the rugby a crack, so um, yeah, I had to move away from that. But uh, I graduated last year from the Open University, so congratulations! Yeah, thanks. No, it's all right. It's all kind of worked out in the end. So, what was the degree in? It was in business studies and environmental science. Was that what you were initially studying as well? No, or? I was actually studying PE teaching, but there wasn't really much crossover at the Open University, and because right. there's a lot of placements and things, you know, I didn't really. Yeah, so I just kind of gave someone else a crack. I remember RV and Henry were doing something similar, so we're like, ugh. It's quite interesting, and I actually really enjoyed the environmental science stuff. It was good, so um, no, I'm glad I've done it. It's something that will hopefully, yeah, help me out later in life, yeah. kind of thing. So, do you remember who your debut was against? Yeah, so my I was on the bench. The first game I was on the bench for was Cardiff away, and I didn't get on. Um, I remember being gutted, and then the following weekend we played Ulster away, and I got off the bench for like the last kind of fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah. Um, it was miserable. I remember the I'll never forget. It was at Old Raymond Hill when it was all kind of back before they sort of renovated the whole stadium mm -hmm. and uh, it was miserable yeah but i remember stevie swindles made a wee break and gave me an offload and i um got my first touch i was yeah i was chuffed so that was quite cool then i didn't play for a few weeks and then like i said later on in the year i think i got off the bench again against uh cardiff at home and Connaught at home and stuff so yeah it was quite cool yeah nice and when did you become officially pro uh, the following season, so I'd done one year in the academy and then I yeah, signed my kind of first pro deal. The so that would be 2009, was it the summer of 2009? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right, yeah. Yeah, So uh, yeah, and then that's kind of taken me up until now. I played a couple of years under Sean and then Gregor came in and that was kind of when I got my first sort of... I felt like I really started to kick on quite a lot. Gregor yeah. changed the way we played and um, I think it's sort of suited my game a lot more. Um before that we were a lot more kind of direct and trying to impose our physicality on teams and you know i was playing behind guys like graham morris and that who's obviously a really you know great ball carrier really good defender and um you know i probably when i was coming into the team was trying to be like him as opposed to just trying to put my own kind of right yeah mark on, on i guess it must take a bit of time those kind of find what how your what your actual style is yeah and kind of looking to replicate a lot of other people's and then yeah, you kind of start it. finding your own little groove don't you yeah like i felt like i was trying to do the job that he was doing and i was nowhere near as good as him at, at doing that job so i kind of just felt like i wasn't really playing very well and it was quite tough that first couple of years um and then yeah like i said when gregor came in he wanted to play a lot more rugby and that kind of suited me a bit more trying to get more out of her back three and stuff and uh yeah i kind of kicked on from there that year i got called into my first scotland squad and stuff and um i didn't get capped till the end of that season but it was uh it was an amazing season we got top four i remember we should have beat leinster in the semi we just lost out mm -hmm. um and uh yeah kind of god and before you know it, honestly i remember old guys back then like dog and barkley and stuff telling like saying like honestly blink and you miss it it just goes so fast and um, like now I'm that guy that's me 30 now and although you know you don't feel it you don't feel it at all yeah. I still feel like I'm like maybe 24, 25 and George is still sort of like 18, 19 that's kind of the age that I still feel like we're all stuck in mean fuzzy right. and things but go, you go home and you've got a little girl now and it's just it's yeah, life's changed. Yeah. It's um, it's flown in, but no, it's been hey, it's been a hell of a ride. I've enjoyed it, and I'm I'm glad to kind of keep going. I'm still feeling good, so hopefully, 
hopefully long may it continue good and fuzzy am i right in thinking that fuzzy was your childhood yeah he's my, been my best mate since we were like god primary three i remember meeting fuzzy turned up to how train it was at the minis um how old did he look back how, then yeah he actually fuzzy used to have like real long like ginger hair it was real funny it was kind of like way up it wasn't long like down to his shoulders it kind of like sat like a kind of wire brush up there. right it was really and uh yeah he was great actually from the first kind of few weeks he was just like he's just so funny like yeah. he's such a good good boy i remember just giggling and laughing at him from that kind of first time and we uh he wasn't in my primary school or anything but i remember like telling everyone at primary school about my mate who played and how you know he was the best thing yeah he was funny he was amazing at rugby and blah blah and then i remember fuzzy turning up to high school and it was the first day and i've told everyone how i've got this cool mate and he's amazing at everything and fuzzy gets off the bus and i'll never forget all my mates were like what because he got off and he used to have these bendy flex glasses that he thought were really cool but they were they were awful (laughs) looking back bless him he was in the brass band so he had this massive big french horn that he was carrying he like stumbled off the bus nearly tripped off and he just oh it was hilarious looking back like i think everyone was expecting this like uh, it's absolutely machine, rugby yeah. player, yeah, and then Fuzzy jumped off, and I was running over like, "All right, how you doing?" Oh, it was good. So no, school was, it was great. He was, uh, he's, he's such a good boy. Like I'm so lucky. Kirsten, my wife, says it all the time. How lucky, you know, I am to have George at the club. You know, I just living around the corner, and then Fuzzy literally lives like a twenty, like thirty second walk. We yeah. stay on, live on the same street, so. It's uh, it's quite surreal sometimes when you think about it the way it's all sort of panned out, you know, mm-hmm. things as, as cliche as it sounds, it felt like a kind of dream come true when me and Fuzzy got uh, through in Glasgow together, Fuzzy broke through before me, he was playing amazing and um, was doing really well and then we both went over and played together for Scotland and, you know, singing the right. national anthem with him and th- and things, I remember, it was just, you kind of had to pinch yourself and yeah. it's probably something that, again, like I say it a lot when folk ask me about me and George, like, you'll probably look back on at the end of our career and be like, but that, that really was awesome. So that was quite fun. And then again, like when sort of George started c- coming through the ranks, he looked like he had a lot of potential and things. And then, um, you know, again, you're like, God, imagine we get to play together. And I remember when he finally kind of got his break with Glasgow and he had to do it the hard way. Like I think people sometimes forget, like he was, he changed position to nine pretty late, and then he yeah, had to go he was, down. he was 10 for under 20s, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he played a lot of 10 when he was younger, and he was a good little 10. He was just a probably, and you know, looking now he is, he's just a bit small. Yeah. Um. So he moved to nine, and I remember at the time he was like, God, nine's a bit boring. Like, I can't really make many breaks and things. I'm not sure I like it, and I'm just, like, passing all the time. And I was like, don't worry, it'll be fine, you know, and look at him now. I mean, he scores more tries than fucking anyone I know. A hell of a lot more than me. And f- um, but, uh yeah, so I'm glad he, he obviously made that, that change. He went down to London Scottish for a while. He came back up and he had to be patient. And um, yeah, he's kind of just exploded the last sort of couple of years. And again, like it's there's sort of surreal moments when you think that we've uh, yeah played together at Scotland stuff and been off to a World Cup together. It's, uh, it's something that, yeah, we'll look back on when we're yeah. sort of old and dusted. And, uh, and then, so how old would he have been when you had your first cap for Scotland? And did he come and watch? He didn't know. My first cap was over in South Africa. Right. Um, against Samoa. And then the week after, I blew my knee against, uh, South, against South Africa, actually. But right. he'd have been, he'd have probably still been at school. I was 23, so he'd have been just, no, he'd have been 18. He'd have probably just left school or was right. in the process of leaving that summer, I think. Um, so, yeah, it's funny. Like, when we were we, I don't know, it feels people, 
you probably think like we're nearly six years we're about five and a half years apart yeah and it's weird like when we were we he was always kind of like my little brother and you know mom would be like oh come on will you take george down to the park he'd be like oh for god's sake they'll have to but then you know if anyone was like mugging him off like why'd you bring your brother he'd be like wait yeah leave him alone you know and he's uh he was kind of always desperate to be involved and everything he was great he He'd want to, yeah, always, he loved, like, getting him mixing it with all the older boys and stuff, and I don't know, I never felt like he was that much smaller than me, especially by the time he sort of left school, it's kind of, we've just kind of been really good mates, yeah. and then we've obviously grown even closer in the in the last kind of sort of five, six years, and yeah, we were joined at the hip for a while before I had my little girl, and obviously my uh, time's been taken up by her a lot yeah. more, but it's, uh, no, it's been real, it's cool, it's cool having him about. Yeah, and then you said your dad was your coach, so has he had, do you think, a lot to play in both of your careers yeah probably i'd say did he coach you through age grade and stuff he like coached that? me literally from primary three he said he just turned up and there was no one else that would take it so him and i like i said one of my other mates from school had he played Stuart, rugby yeah dad played for this the how him and john Mathangi, his name is uh he's a bloody great man um the two of them just were like oh right we'll give it a crack and see how we go and i think they they both loved it they, yeah. they took us from primary three all the way through and we we were quite lucky. We had a good, a real good mini side, and we started to attract kind of boys from like all the other little towns and villages right. around would come and play for us. And we ended up, um, they coached us all the way through to under 18s, and we had a good under 18s year. We like were the only state school that have won the sort of schools cup. We beat Merky and Dollar and all them, which was right. awesome. It was just that that's, was an, that's a that's a big feat. Yeah, no, it was, and it's something that is sad. But now I can't, I can't, I can't see it happening again. Like the private schools now are so they just seem so well drilled and yeah. so kind of far ahead and it's, it almost means that it kind of makes it even more special like it was so unique like in our sort of last couple of years like half our team probably got offered scholarships to go to various different schools but right we were all kind of like oh now nah, we're in it together and everyone sort of stuck by it and it was great like we had guys from our club team one boy josh fox clark's one of our good mates he played for the club but he wasn't at our school and he was like right i'm gonna move to the school and we're gonna really play. yeah so he moved schools to come and play so that he could play in the, it was the Bell Laurie at the time. Yeah. Um, so was that, that your dad doing a bit of poaching? or was Nah, it nah, he, that's something like, it's funny because he then, so after our under 18s year, we, uh, the senior team, they had a meeting and they were like, they uh, the head coach had resigned at the, the club. It was one of our other mates' dads actually, he'd stepped back and our seniors asked if dad and John would start kind of doing a bit of coaching with them. So they right. stepped into that. And I remember every year, because we're just from a little town, like, it's not a, it's quite hard to get players and I'd right. be like you need to do a bit of recruitment you need to start speaking to players like everyone does it and he just refused to yeah poach players mm -hmm. or he didn't want to get a bad rep and I think it's because I think a lot of the clubs are probably in that same position where they get so fed up of other clubs poaching yeah, their best players um, and it means that you know it's kind of they just get stuck in the cycle of being in the same division year after year after year because yeah they bring through these young players and quite often they'll leave to the to the bigger clubs, which is natural because, you know, everyone wants to try and play at the highest level they can. So, yeah. But uh, no, he did. He, my dad had a massive sort of impact on on my rugby career, especially when I, yeah, through those those years, he was like a pretty hard like taskmaster. He used to always take out on me as well. I remember one day we were standing at training and there was boys like messing about and I was just standing at the back time of my shoelace and he shouted my name and I looked up and he was like, went mad at me he was like you're not training get up you know away you go inside and I literally was like what and I remember getting home and being like to mum like I was gutted I was raging as well yeah. and explained the situation and dad came home he was like look I'm really sorry but I felt like I had to take it out on you because 
he was like it wasn't even you that was kind of speaking or anything but he was like it set a really good example he was like the rest of the boys everyone was like oh god all right you know and it kind of knuckled down and i remember fuzzy's dad was the same there was one kid who was like moaning when we were like real young like p5 p6 and right he was moaning about the way that like the coaches had spoken to their boy or whatever and luigi had kind of heard and he comes over and he was like gary i just want to say that if chris ever steps out of line just give him a slap you know make sure he doesn't and dad was like thanks very much so you appreciate it and this other guy's dad had just been like right and kind of like yeah. left it and yeah dad said that was like always it was great like we were we were real lucky like with all our boys the parents were all pretty pretty cool you know it felt like we were on a real little special journey and everyone yeah. used to muck in every weekend it would be like we'd make a wee weekend of it and stuff so it was cool growing up we had a we were lucky it was good and you do you still go back to the club sometimes yeah not so much anymore like we i used to i was like i'd stay real involved um when we used to play it was always friday nights yeah so i'd quite often go and watch them on a saturday whereas nowadays i mean it's rare we ever play on a friday yeah night, right? this season we've had two or three games and that's it yeah exactly so uh, it does make it a lot tougher to get home but i'll still like keep an eye on the scores a lot of my mates now are probably have moved on a bit as well of course, yeah. Kinda, yeah like they all stayed around for sort of maybe five six years after i stopped playing and then when dad and john stepped down like loads of the our boys all kind of hung up the boots as well and just and left so uh but no it's still a good club like that i think they've got a new head coach in this year who's doing really well and yeah. they, they seem to be going pretty well so going back to Sorry, when got sidetracked there no no it's, it's great though this is, this is the kind of stuff we want to hear like the the fun stories so going back to kind of when you had your debut and stuff like that a question that i always wonder is do you get to keep your first shirt so do you have do you still have or did you get to keep the shirt from when you debuted nah back in the day we never did it's something that we do now because we've kind of brought it up as a um yeah group of players yeah I, that's why we gave it to Messi this yeah, weekend yeah we do and it's only probably been the sort of the last four or five the years that we've started doing that because it is it's really special it's something yeah. that you'll remember you know even though we lost the Ulster and it was a miserable night I'll still remember that first you know touch and getting on the ball and yeah. it being awesome so uh, I think it is really cool it's a shame that we that we don't do that back then so I've got a list here of some kind of notable moments that have been brought together by some of the guys in the media team. So I'm going to ask you about a few of them. Sure. So you had a try against Leinster in 2011 that was voted try of the season. Yeah. Do you remember that try? I do. I remember that try. And it, wasn't, it probably wasn't the, most, the best try of the season, but I think everyone loved it because it was the first time we'd ever beaten Leinster away from right. home. And uh, I just remember us going daft, like... We were just, it was during the World Cup, so all our sort of stars were away, and right. it was all the young boys that were out, and I remember we played, and we won, and it, we went bananas after it, like, Hoggy would have been about 15 at the time, um, it was one of his first games, he actually gave me the pass for me right. to go in and score, and after the, we had a massive night out, and, and uh, what was it called, Crystal's, a place in Dublin, Right. I remember the morning after we're on the bus and uh, Finn Gillis gets on and he was like a little hooker that played for us at the time, he's still one of our good mates good boy, he uh, he gets on he walks up to the back and he's like, sits down he's like, boys I tell you I don't know how Leinster do it and we were like, what are you on about he was like, well he was like the night out we just had there, he was like we've only beaten them once, he was like, they pump teams every week <laughs> he was like, do you think they have nights like that every week, how the hell do they do it and uh, we were all laughing like it was it was true it was good it, it just that was kind of like it felt like we just suddenly all grew up a bit then yeah, you know yeah. like uh, we had a good win that week and 
then typically we the week I we had a week off the week after and then the week after that we played Treviso and we flipping lost right at the end they kicked uh, or I think we maybe missed a kick or something we got beat by Treviso it was the first time we lost to them I think yeah. so we went from this massive high to this massive just brought low. you back down yeah and I remember Sean being like you are all still your heads are all still on the piss and uh, crystals yeah and we're like oh it's funny so yeah, that was that was that was a cool um, little spell. There was like five, six games during that World Cup where we yeah. went on a good run, and I think that was the first year we made the top four. Actually, right? Okay. Yeah, we ended up finishing top four, and we lost the Ospreys in the semis. So, but no, it was good. It was good. Do you remember your first try for the club? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was it. Right. I think yeah. I'm pretty sure that was my first try. Yeah. So two years after your debut, almost. Yeah. Or did I? I might have scored the year before actually. Are we lollipop? Yeah, I can't remember if that was my first or my second. The year before that, I'd done my shoulder. I ended up pretty so like my I made my debut. I played a few games, and in yep. my first year, I tore my labrum and I had to get. I missed about so I barely played that f- until pretty much that season mm-hmm. actually. Um, yeah. So the next one I've got is your try against Northampton in 2013, the Champions Cup, 81st minute, 2020. Your try wins the game. Yeah, that was cool. That was that was special. I Nathan, our Brombrays, he said that that's one of his favorite memories. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was cool. Like they'd been talking all week about the quarterfinal and things, as opposed to sort of focusing on us. And I just remember it was like the end of the game. We started right back in the twenty-two, and I'd come on at ten, and we were just kind of like, "Ah, oh, let's just go for it, throw caution to the wind." And yeah, I, uh, oh, I just remember getting over the line and just being like, "Ah, like." buzzing we yeah. were all, all the boys like piled on top of us and yeah it was so it was really cool and i remember i think it's hastel's uncle actually the commentary on it was funny as well like just i remember like everyone sending me messages and stuff after and things and it was uh yeah it was really it was cool it's it's a good it was a special memory i look back on fondly when you mentioned there you mentioned the commentary do you ever save clips of your tries or anything like this do you have a little uh, somewhere you've kind of got a few things that when i was younger on? i probably used to do it a lot more yeah i'd like make kind of little highlights thing or like yeah. save like clips and stuff yeah and like with a view of making a highlights package but um god would be there all day nowadays you know yeah. the amount of highlights that are there duncan yeah but, um, well, 400 <laughs> points 400 <laughs> points for the club now so you're doing nah. pretty well yeah sixth, no, I know. sixth highest scorer in club history now. yeah george told me that the other yeah. um on sunday i had lunch with him and he was saying that he said he saw it somewhere so yeah that's quite cool it's it um it's quite cool do you know who you next need to leapfrog to get into the top five is it Jacko maybe? It is Jacko. Is it Jacko? 493. Nice. He's got, so. Sure. We wait to go, but. Yeah, I've still got a wee bit to go. I've kind of never been, I've never had like a f- season of like kicking all the time. So. Yeah. I'm always kind of like back up or whatever. And then, Um. so, yeah, maybe if I kick a bit more, I'll get some more points. Yeah. Yeah. But Hastings obviously kicking really well. So of course, yeah. That's it as well. Pipping him at the moment. Dan Park's sitting at number one, about one and a half thousand points. Yeah, so I think, he's. I think pr- I'm sure he's top point scorer in the league. Quite possibly. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm pretty sure. It's at some feet. Yeah. So the next one I've got here is in 2015. So uh, during, I guess, going towards the title win, I think it is. You had a hat trick against Cardiff. Yep, that was out there. I remember it. Um, it was pretty. It was all in quite quick succession. It was just kind of like bang, bang, bang. Just one of those ones, their heads kind of went down and you just found the gaps? Yeah, I remember Tommy gave me an absolute peach. He ran a great line off a line-out. We had this play that we'd been running all week and he just ripped through the middle and then got an offload away. I picked it up and scored. Finn hit me on a short ball and I went straight through and scored. And um, Another one, I just had a nice running, actually. So, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was good. It was like, it was, 
funny, I remember one of their props being like, what the hell did you eat for breakfast, son? Um, when I was running past after it. Um, yeah. So, no, that was cool as well. I remember as well, I was buzzing because I ended up, I'm pretty sure I went on holiday just, we had a week off after that. So, yeah, we scored and we won. And it's always great when you win before you've got like a little bit of time yeah. off. So, uh, yeah, I remember it. We had a, it was really cool. It was. It was and nice. you, you were able there just to talk me through all three of those tries. How many different tries do you reckon you actually still have in your memory and how they all kind of played out? Uh, yeah, I've probably got quite a few. I've not, I'm not <laughs> I've not scored all that many, so right. I could probably remember, I don't know how many I've scored for the club, maybe 30. So uh, it'd be probably tougher if you're someone like George who's scoring sort of 15 every season, but yeah. I could remember most of them, I reckon. You reckon? Yeah, most of the big kind of big games anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of big games, played in the fight. Yeah, you uh, played 12 in the final at Ravenhill. Yeah. Uh, you were starting 12 for most of the run-up to the title win. Yeah. So what was kind of that time like? What did the club feel like at that time? Uh, it's funny, like, looking back, it just kind of felt like it was our time. Right. It's, like, as easy as it is to say that now, like, we... It felt like every every game, if we were in a hole, we knew we were going to get out of it and we knew we were going to win. It right. just kind of felt... It was great. And it's hard to kind of touch on it, but, like, we had a great blend of just, like, grafters and boys that could pull something out and nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, Nico was on fire. Nax was... Start, he picked up a lot of form at the end of that year um, Finn was like killing it he was kind of just on this wave which oh, he still is and yeah. he was playing really well we had Hoggy you know we had so many guys Tommy and DTH were just scoring tries for fun Henry was playing amazing at scrum half and it was uh, yeah it did it just felt like we were never in like even I remember against Ulster in the semi like we were down and it was tight and then you know, we just we knew we'd find, we'd eventually we'd just hang in there, we'd yeah. score and we did like DTH scores in the corner, Finn kicks it and we're uh, into the final kind of thing and it did, it just it was a real it was a cool year that year. I think that might have been the year we put fifty on nah was it maybe the year before we I remember like we put fifty on Munster at home, like we right. we were just smashing teams and mm -hmm. it was it was great. And like anyone that got you know, we had a few, fair few injuries that year and if someone got injured the next man up would just come in and you know do the job and it was great um i think i formed a pretty um a little partnership with rv one of you know who is one of my best mates and that was that was awesome as well you know yeah. having him outside me we kind of worked quite well together he's obviously a big physical ball carrier and stuff and made my life a lot easier having him outside me and, and finn inside me both playing great rugby so um no it was it, it did it just felt like it kind of had a special feel to it you know the year before we'd lost in the final the year before that we lost in the semis and it just kind of felt like we'd been building and yeah. this was going to be our kind of time so you said you talked about the night out when you beat leinster yeah. how did the night out when you won the pro 14 <laughs> pro 12 at the time final compare uh, like people always ask that and we always laugh because we we were there was a charter flight home so we we're meant to be of going course, home yeah. and having a big after party back in glasgow and then we got to the airport and the flight had been cancelled so we got to the airport and it was just a bit of a damp squib like the whole airport was pretty much closed because it was quite late yeah. and then nothing was open i remember us there was this one little cafe and uh, as bad as it sounds there was nothing and we were sitting there for ages and we just spoke to a security guard and he was like look lads just help yourselves and do a wee honesty box yeah. so we all just like chucked in fivers and then helped ourselves to like cans of like I, I don't even think there was beers I'm pretty, I remember it just being like soft drinks and stuff right. so we were there for a while and it was like is the flight going to go is it not and then eventually it got cancelled and we went back to the hotel and then 
it was in um, Belfast. I think everyone shuts there pretty early. Right. So when by the time I got back, I think even the bar was like last order. So thankfully the bar, the hotel were like, oh, we'll stay open. And it was actually, it ended up being amazing. Like we actually just, because, you know, we just spent the whole- As a team. Yeah, yeah, it was just us. It was just like the 30 guys. There was like, you know, no one else kind of, nobody split off and went away and done stuff. It was yeah. just kind of us. And it was awesome. Yeah, and I remember us just like singing tunes and, yeah, having a few beers and oh, it was great. It was yeah. really, really good. And then in that year as well, you went to your first World Cup, 2015, down yeah. in England. Yeah. What are your memories of that? I think you you scored in the quarterfinal against Australia. Yeah, it was weird. Like I remember just like pure elation. Like at the end of that quarterfinal game, um, I remember sitting with Tommy, and we were like, there was literally a minute to go. I remember Benzo had scored um, under the sticks, and we'd went ahead and. I remember us being like, we're going to win, we're going to win, we're going to win. Like, we're going to be in the semi-final. And we were, like, sitting next to each other, like, like could barely sit still with excitement. Yeah. I was cramped up, like, with about, yeah, maybe, like, quite late in the game and come off about 75. And then I, I remember thinking, like, we've done it, we're going to win. And then, unfortunately, obviously, we didn't. And, yeah. Um, it was kind of that absolute elation to, like, rock bottom in, the right, yeah. in, an, in an instant. And it was, oh, it was horrible. I just like you just don't know what to do, you know. You just wanted the ground to swallow you up and just leave. You didn't want to be anywhere, but yeah. in that sort of change room after, and oh, it was yeah, it was bleak. It was, uh, and it'll feel like I feel like that's something that'll kind of on all of us that were in that sort of change room. It's something that'll kind of always not yeah. haunt you, but like it'll be like a what if the second guess kind of thing. Yeah, because yeah. if we'd won that, you know, Argentina were on one leg. They they'd got mm -hmm. past Ireland, but they were they'd had so many injuries in that game they were struggling yeah they were like held together and i think australia ended up hosing them and so we were you know you never know, you never know. yeah we you know, we had we've always got great form against argentina we normally beat them so it would have been amazing imagine like scotland in a final against new zealand yeah. as well and then in england they, as well like yeah that's I know. pretty much home yeah i know i remember the support that day like when we drove up to the ground just it just felt it felt like a home game it was full of scotland supporters it was yeah. amazing every game in that world cup to be fair like the stoop the first one we went to um gloucester's place what was king's home is it king's home, i yeah, remember I so. like driving through all the kind of little streets and stuff and then we turned and it was just scotland fans everywhere and i remember just thinking like this is amazing like our support is so good and yeah it was so cool we turned and pulled into the stadium and it was just like so many folk like screaming and when we were getting off the bus and it's funny like i said that to my to my old man like when i was chatting to him about it at the time i remember after that game being like god it's nuts like i remember like you play for glasgow and the crowds are all right and i remember my first cap and it was an international and we were away from home and it was the crowds weren't great there yeah. or anything but then playing like my first autumn test at home was so cool and then i was like the six nations it felt like it just ramped up another level like it was so intense there was so much media the fan there's you know everything you're yeah. under the spotlight all the time and then I, you know the world cup was just another level on top of that so um oh that world cup was awesome it was so cool like we obviously we we were playing pretty well um we had a good run and ugh, we were just kind of unlucky not to beat australia yeah. in the end but uh yeah ugh, what will, i guess yeah what yeah. could have been yeah so I to speak. I yeah i've got two final ones for you and i'm going to ask you what your favorite memory is so you played in 2018 in the Calcutta Cup at Murrayfield, where Scotland won it for the first time in several years. Yeah. What was that like? That was the just the best feeling. I remember, like, and actually I'm getting, like, little goosebumps thinking about it. It was just, like, so special. I remember just being absolutely just 
yeah pure elation just being buzzing yeah. after it and I think like quite often nowadays, as sad as it sounds, like when you win a game, it's just you're just relieved. You're like, oh, thank God, like job done, we won, that's great, you know. And then the focus kind of moves on pretty quick the to next the one. next game. And um, you know, quite often nowadays, it's because everything's been on the spotlight. You know, you'll you're maybe all like after the game, you know, you might already be thinking about little things you could have done better or stuff. Right. Whereas after that game, it was like nothing else mattered. We just beat England at home and. It was so cool. We were, I just remember everyone being so excited, and um, we had two weeks before we played the next game, so it felt like we could kind of relax and just chill and yeah, really just enjoy it. I remember like after the game as well, going upstairs and just that like all the ex internationals, they were all just so pleased for us, and it, it was really special. You know, I had my family were all there as well, and um, my wife was there. It was it was just the best day ever. Yeah. Yeah, and then finally, Pro 14 final this season just passed. At Celtic Park, yeah. Oh, it just felt like a total anticlimax. Like we, we were playing so well, sort of going into the the final. I think we were probably the, the sort of best team at the end of the season. You know, we were flying, and then, it, uh, oh, I was so disappointed. I remember the weather coming in and being like, right, oh, it's fine. We'll still be alright. And again, it kind of had a similar feeling to when we won the league. You know, like it felt like we would always find a way to win, and yeah. we were sort of, we'd matured so much and from the year before. You know where we were pretty flash at times, but in sort of tight games, we would more often than not we'd get beat. So it was the opposite. You know, we started grinding out wins when we needed to, and yeah, oh, it was just such a shame. Another game that yeah, it did. It just felt like such an anticlimax, like getting off the bus and seeing like forty thousand. I think it was forty thousand we had, Something like, like Glasgow, that, yeah. all Glasgow fans as well. It was amazing, and they were so loud. They were largest ever crowd for a final. Yeah, for the, for yeah, and it felt like it was 14. just all our fans yeah. as well. It was amazing the flags and everything, I'll never forget it. And then, oh, just, Leinster just played a really good kind of clinical game. And yeah. Yeah. Played it tight. Yeah, they did. And it, what it did, it kind of just felt like a total anticlimax. I remember that again, that night, you just like, you just want to yeah, go home. Yeah. Have a shower and just, yeah, go up the road and yeah. get away from it all. But hey, hopefully this year we can, we're, you know, we find a wee bit of form. Um, everyone's probably written us off already, so... We'll have to do it the hard way, go away yeah. from home, no doubt. If we can sneak into that top three, though, I think I don't think anyone will want to play us. So no, yeah, fingers crossed. So in your eleven seasons so far, do you have a highlight? Um, for Glasgow, it would have to, it would have to be winning the the league. Yeah. That was just amazing. Like I said, it just it just felt like such a special time, and like it was with a group of guys that we'd been on this cycle where we'd all kind of come in together, and we were all young, and we had a tough year to start. And then we'd just been building towards this and falling at the final hurdle and to suddenly, you know, it just, it was, it was just a special, that was like my favorite year of rugby. It just was amazing. You know, all the girls were getting on amazing. They would come to a lot of the games and it just felt like there was this great vibe around the whole club. So uh, that would definitely be up there. Like putting 50 on Munster was pretty cool as well. Right. Yeah, I remember that. That was pretty special. And um, and for Scotland, it will definitely be that cool cut a cup one. You know, that's something you dream about when you're a kid. I yeah. So uh, it was cool. Those are the two highlights. So finally, obviously, we're talking because you've resigned for another two more years. So looking ahead now a little bit, what are you looking to do? What are you looking for the club? Obviously, you've mentioned there this season, looking to kick on a bit. Yeah, we've got work. You do you believe in goal setting? Are you a guy yeah. that sets goals? Um, I probably used to do it a lot more when I was younger. I still do the odds. Yeah, I still set goals for my, myself every now and again. Um so uh no look I just want to 
try and contribute in any way I can to make sure that we uh, yeah we win win these games and uh, help in any way I can. Yeah, I think like I said, we're going to have to do it the hard way. We're not in a great position, but um, you know we've started. We're sitting, to we're sitting okay. We're sitting yeah, okay no, after I this weekend's results and yeah, I know that Ulster the and Cheetahs play each other this weekend. So. Exactly. Yeah. So it's uh, although we'd probably rather be another sort of ten, fifteen points yeah. up there. We've. Uh, no, we're good, and since the new year as well, I think we've been we've found a bit. We're of undefeated form. in 2020. Yeah, exactly. So you know we're starting to move in the right direction, and hopefully, like I said, if I don't think any team will want to play us in the playoffs, you know, on our day we can certainly beat anyone. So um, no, that's it. Probably, I'm, yeah, I don't know. Just I, I'm trying not to. I think when I was younger, I used to get caught up on thinking about everything and getting, you know, too far ahead. But for me now, I've. Um, yeah, I've got a lot going on, obviously, with family-wise and stuff. Yeah. So uh, that kind of tends to take up most of my my time. And it's probably been good. It means, yeah, I never Switch think too far ahead. Yeah, you do. You kind of get home and you don't have any other option to than to sort of focus on the little one and stuff. So, um, no, it's been great. I just want to keep on enjoying my rugby, um, challenging for to play here, but also challenging for trophies and stuff. And um, I fully believe that, you know, Glasgow are in a good position to do that. Great. Right, Pete, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. Get you home. Thank you very much. Cheers, Cheers. mate. Cheers. Warriors Weekly, Glasgow Warriors official podcast. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of Warriors Weekly. Tickets are still available for Saturday night's game against Dragons at Scotston. Get your tickets now from glasgowarriors.org. Warriors Weekly, Glasgow Warriors official podcast.